I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to everyone's favorite Hollywood scandal podcast. It's Holly Shook! And I'm Ryan. And I'm with Armin. Hi, Armin. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? I'm good. I'm hot. I'm sweating. It's like, I feel like I haven't stopped sweating for about four days straight. And... I haven't showered. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> you just consistently feel disgusting. It's hot in Chicago. It's humid in Chicago. It's amazing. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, if you see me on the street and I look disgusting, no, you didn't. Right. I would not be surprised if you haven't showered. Don't you hate showers? I like to shower. I just, if I'm, I haven't done anything in two days either. Like, I really have just stayed at home for two days straight. So I'm like... I don't really need to shower. No one's seeing me. So I, I'm going to do that tomorrow, I promise. I feel like daily showers aren't necessary. Not to make this a hygiene podcast, even though we often delve into other topics other than celebrity. And we yeah. could get into hygiene. But we could. brushing every day, twice a day. Showering, I don't have to shower every day. I don't. You're right. And like the thing is, is with brushing my teeth... I will brush my teeth at the end of the night, whether I'm blackout drunk or I'm the most tired I've ever been in my entire life or like both of my hands got sawed off an hour earlier. Like I will brush my teeth. I will absolutely not do that without, like will not go to bed without doing that. Showering. I don't need to do it. I can do it in the morning. I can do it after I work out or something. I don't care. Maybe my, maybe my sheets are gross, but I'm lazy. I don't want to get in the shower every fucking day. Right. It's funny that you have to brush every single night because I'm the same way, except sometimes I do pass out Mm -hmm. before brushing if I'm really wasted. But you know what? I always wake up at some point because I can't get a good night's sleep unless I have brushed. So I wake up at like 3.30, 4, 4.30 a.m. and my, my teeth just feel nasty. I'm like, I'm going to go brush. Yeah, it's weird. The two things I always can do, no matter how drunk I am, is get my ass home and brush my damn teeth. Like, I will order Postmates and fall asleep before it comes. I will sleep in so my So it's cum. sitting outside? Is it sitting outside in front of your front door? Ha- happened last week. Nature is healing. My McDonald's is sitting on the fucking front porch of my building at noon the next day when I finally crawl out of my cave. Do you eat it? But no. No. <laughs> I'm just wondering where you draw the line. Oh, no. I draw the line with me, like, shame walking it to the dumpster behind my building and hoping no one sees. But, yeah, no, brush my teeth and get my ass home. I can be fully brink of death drunk, and I will do those two things. Well, those are two of the best things to do. Get yourself home, brush your teeth. And sometimes eat the McDonald's, sometimes let it sit there and just... The worst is, like, then I'm like, I just spent $40 on McDonald's, and I didn't even eat any of it. And I'm like, that's what you fucking deserve, you piece of trash. (laughs) How do you even spend $40 at McDonald's? Well, because after, like, you know DoorDash and Postmates, it's like, all the... Delivery fees. Right. Yeah, no, it's not $40 of food. It's probably $15 worth of food. (laughs) But when I'm drunk, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like $40 is a steal. (laughs) And then I pass out, because it takes them 45 fucking minutes, and then I'm just like, well... When will I learn? This has happened too many times, and I still have not learned. You add it all up, right? That is five extra cocktails you could have had. Well, I didn't need the extra cocktails. Otherwise, I would have stayed awake for the fucking McDonald's to arrive. That's true. That's true. But then if you had the cocktails, you probably wouldn't have ever ordered the McDonald's. I don't know. Slippery slope there. Don't, test, don't, don't make me do a hypothesis and test it out next weekend. So, Rye, we've been uh, on a long hiatus as I'm sure the listeners uh, could tell by the the dates on the feed. We're always in a a little bit of a hiatus. That's true. Perpetual hiatus. (laughs) We're kind of, we don't have a schedule. We're kind of just like, we're both available. Let's go. Right. We're both unavailable and available at all times. Yeah. I'm unavailable on many different levels of existence. And one of which is scheduling. But, you know, when, we're, when we make it work, we make it work. And we're here, and we've spent 10 minutes talking about brushing our teeth. And that, I think that illustrates the fact that we've been on a hiatus. We're easing back into it with a little hygiene talk. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But we're, we're here. We're here to talk celebrity. 
a lot of the news stories I think we're talking about today are a bit older, but I think worth discussing. Okay. And I also want to hype up next week's episode if it happens next week. I hope it does. You never know with us. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Um, But, you know, for our longtime listeners, our forte is the history episodes where we delve into a historical celebrity scandal, not just talking about the current events. And next week, we have a big one coming out. So stay tuned for all our new listeners. I hope there are some. That's what we do. We mix it up. We get into historical scandals. We talk about the new celebrity happenings. We talk about it all. But uh, we wanted to come back from hiatus um, discussing what's happened in the last month because there actually was one major, I would say, landscape-shifting celebrity moment. We mm-hmm. have to talk about that. So we're uh, dipping our feet in with a little bit of current events. But stay tuned because next week we're going to get back on our bullshit with some history. And I just wanted to tease that out. Yeah, Armin um, suggested we record both tonight, but he said the historic scandal will be about two hours long, to which I said, dear God, help me. Um, Minimum. I think it could be three. Bitch, I don't got time. Like, I do not have three hours. Like, one and a half max. It's called edit, edit, edit. Next Tuesday night, you're giving me three hours for this episode. (laughs) Okay, we're taking a fucking intermission halfway through so I can, like, chug a bottle of wine or some shit. (laughs) Well, you better have a bottle of wine with you for the episode. You're going to need it. Okay, if we're going to make it, like, a wasted episode, I'm down for two hours. Oh, of course it's a wasted episode. It's a history episode. We're drinking our wine ask permission i'm like can i please have wine sir (laughs) we're not officially an arm of the drunk history universe right but what we do is talk history and get drunk yeah in ways we are because of i'm usually drunk when i do this i miss that show by the way do you watch that show no it's i can't watch like things like that it's too (laughs) i don't know what's going on i don't know history so like it's They're supposed like, to teach you about history, but know, with a but drunken it, storyteller. That's what I like about it. I just don't know what's true and what's false. And like, are we being told like the white capitalism version of what history is? Or are we being taught the real version? You know, like, I just don't know these days. So I'm just going to allow myself to create my own history, which in itself is probably worse. That's what historians recommend. Just create your own history. Mm-hmm. Forgo learning it. Create your own. I mean, you guys know I come on this podcast with zero to no information. And yeah, I still am able to talk for an hour and a half. So, Like the time you did the history episode on Sinead O'Connor and didn't know how to pronounce Sinead O'Connor's name. You're like, Sinead. Still don't know. That's one of our best episodes. (laughs) It is. I actually think it's our best one. Um, But speaking of history, Rai. Okay. One of our current events ties back to one of the most iconic moments in celebrity history. Mm-hmm. And that is the return of Benefer. This last April, so yeah, it has been a while. We are recording this on June 8th. Famously two months later. <laughs> on brand, on brand. This last April, Benefer 2.0 was born. We all remember Benefer 1.0. At the time, just known as Benefer, but Benefer 2.0, born late April. Actually, during March and April, we extensively covered the J Lo, Jennifer Lopez, and A Rod, Alex Rodriguez breakup. Right. Um, we have, we were really on top of that one. We actually were, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Benefer is Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. They are back. Uh, late April, there were. Rumors and rumblings, but obviously they've been hot and heavy ever since. Going out to dinner with each other, staying over each other's houses, going on vacation together ever since late April. Right. Uh, before we get into all the deets, uh, what was your initial reaction to Benefer 2.0? I actually have two reactions really quickly. First and foremost, we also extensively covered Ben Affleck. Anna de Armas. We did. We did. 
I kind of am going to give us a little bit of props for this because I do believe that we covered both of their breakups so extensively that they maybe felt compelled to reignite their own romance. Do you think we spoke this into existence, Rai? I'm not saying that our podcast is influential in the lives of all of these celebrities, although famously a lot of the stuff that we talk about does end up influencing the day-to-day lives of them. But I'm not saying it's not. So... It's just strange that two of the celebrities we covered their breakups are now together. Now that you say that, it is weird because I want to say when we started the podcast in summer of 2018. You're really dating us. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't been that long, but it has felt like a decade considering the pandemic felt like 10 decades. (sighs) Um, But from that point in the middle of 2018 through the middle of 2020, I don't think we ever talked about J-Lo or Ben Affleck. But then we started talking about Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas, and then we started talking about J-Lo and A-Rod, and suddenly we get Benefer 2.0. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think it's us. I think it's us. Um, I also think that there was nary but a thing to really say about them until recently. They were pretty under the radar in terms of scandal. Um, but I mean, no, it's us. It's us. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving us a little bit of credit because once we like mentioned them maybe once or twice, they really kind of liked that attention and decided to be in the tabloids. Because Ben Armas had no drama. That was the thing about them. We were actually just talking about them for the sake of talking about them. We were just following their relationship, which was basically Ben Affleck getting Dunkin' Donuts coffee and bringing it back home to Anna de Armas and us placing a fake wager on them staying together through the New Year's, which they did. But then I want to say 10 days into 2021, they broke up. Right. So our fake wager actually would have paid out like six times the amount that we fake put into it. Still bummed that we didn't actually make that bet, but it is what it is. And we learned our lesson for next year. Mm Mm-hmm. But my other reaction is that, like, why does Ben Affleck just, like, always look hungover? And why does J-Lo just, like, always look amazing? I want to say it doesn't make sense, but, like, I get it. Like, I get their relationship in a way. Like, I don't know. They make sense to me. I not only get it. It's very yin-yang. It's very yin-yang. You hear about this all the time. It just, like, reminds me of just, like, a deadbeat dad who's like divorced he basically reminds me of his character in gone girl but like every day because he is his character from gone girl yeah and like j-lo is like the emma radikowski but like (laughs) not as stupid and i'm just like kind of into it i'm like this is just ben affleck like i'm not shocked I'm kind of, like, living for J-Lo, too, because, like, you know she's just doing it because she can. Like, I don't think that they're going to, like, end up getting back together and married. Why not? I could totally see that. I don't know. I just feel like J-Lo, like, take the world by storm, girl. Exactly. We don't need a a Ben Affleck holding you down. I don't think he holds her down. I think he lets her flourish. Okay, okay. Here is why the yin-yang works. Or not here is why the yin-yang works, but historically the yin-yang works. I was just talking about this with my grandma. My aunt hates to cook. She hates to shop. My uncle, her husband, loves to cook, loves to shop. That shit just works. And one of the stories that we have in here, I pulled up like a million of them for our outline. Um, if I can find the exact source, I will and reference it. But one of them says that J-Lo loves that Ben Affleck is not into business and being an entrepreneur. Yeah. But her and Alex Rodriguez had all those business ventures together and they were constantly looking for the next investment, whether it was real estate or even owning a sports team. I think she likes that maybe she could have her own realm separate from Ben Affleck, and he could just be the deadbeat, always-looking-hung-over Ben Affleck mm-hmm. and do his own thing and chill out, maybe keep her a little grounded in a way, you know, 
have that separate lifestyle and then she could yeah. go and do her business shit, her board meeting shit. Right. She do be in board meetings, I'm assuming. Of course. And I get that. I do get that. It's kind of like there's the celebrities who don't want to date other celebrities. They like want to date a normie. And although Ben Affleck is a celebrity, he's kind of just like, eh, I don't care. I'm just here. He's got and, normie tendencies while still yeah. having the gravitas of the Ben Affleck name. Yeah, he's like the he's like the old famous, like the formerly famous person who kind of just doesn't care anymore, but is rich. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, ah, like I'm having sex with the hot hot girl. Like he's always wearing the same T-shirt. It's like the same gray Calvin Klein plain T-shirt. Like fully wrinkled, probably has worn it for three days, nary been washed. Like Speaking of showering, that's not something Ben does. Not something Ben does, and (laughs) in which case, get off my back, haters. He's being applauded for it, and meanwhile, I am being fully scolded. I unfortunately do have to admit, the pictures of him being hungover, like, watching her leave his house are hot to me. I am, like, thinking that they're, like, a cool, sexy couple, and I want to kill myself. Yin-yang. Ben doesn't shower, doesn't take care of himself, wears the same clothes. J-Lo must be showering. Must be. Almost consistently showering. Definitely lives in the shower. On top of that, though... Different outfits, multiple outfits per day. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. she's got. She doesn't have an outfit of the day in OOTD. She has outfits, yeah, plural of the day. Right. She's a fashion icon, et cetera, et cetera. We all know this. Nothing new. Not breaking news, even though we normally do break news. Right. Yin Yang, right? I believe in this couple, and to get into the longevity of it all, we have J Lo now looking into moving near. Ben, she's looking into schools for her kids. I saw one article. Where does she live now? Miami? Miami, because it is close to her ex, Mark Anthony. Oh, I remember him. That was like the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I do remember him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they had that. Remember they had that whole wedding that was a big deal and it was a secret wedding, but. Yeah. I just remember they, I feel like J-Lo is always like linked to him. Like there's always a guy that's like linked to J-Lo. It's more so it's like J-Lo's husband. It's never like, you know, how like there's like the really misogynistic, like Chris Hemsworth's wife or like George <laughs> Clooney's, Clooney's wife. It's like Amal Clooney's like literally done more than George. But I feel like it's never like A-Rod's wife, J-Lo. It's always like J-Lo's guy or whatever you know like j-lo is the power of every couple she's in in my opinion so for me mark anthony is like literally only famous because he was married to j-lo but he was a celebrity in his own right pre i know armin but like i'm just making a point that j-lo is the power in every single couple and that nobody really cares about mark anthony if he wasn't married to j-lo you think even in the benefer dynamic i think they're equals in a way i think they're equals in a way but like even the conversation we're, we've been having, it's like, we're like praising, we're like, J-Lo's like looking hot and sexy. We haven't really said that, but we're kind of implying that. And then we're like, and then Ben's just like there, you know? You like literally just said that Ben Affleck is looking sexy. He's like looking sexy in like an approachable, like stupid, stupid guy way where I'm like, you look so stupid. And unfortunately that is attractive to me. <laughs> JLo's like leaving in her convertible to like go to her board meetings and like right. make an investment and he's like going to pick up Dunkin Donuts so he can like eat it on the couch which is hot that is hot there is a hot but like she's the power of the couple like she is the boss bitch everyone knows that stop pretending otherwise and accept the fact that JLo will always be on top in every relationship she's in I do think Ben's lackadaisical attitude did play in his favor. For whatever reason, I'm getting that vibe. I feel like Jennifer Lopez was no longer into A-Rod's intensity. And listen, I don't know A-Rod that well. As if I know just him even a like little bit. like acquaintances. Um, yeah, just, just acquaintances. Um, but obviously, we know athlete, ultra-competitive, 
if he was getting into business the way he was, you'd have to assume he is even more ultra competitive than we assumed just based on his baseball career, right? Right. Like you don't get into all those ventures. You don't now own an NBA team if you aren't a crazy competitor. And then you have those little nuggets of evidence like him flying out to see her, him posting those weird IG stories. Mm, yes, yes, yes. The recent story coming out about how A-Rod's just in this world of pain over J-Lo and Ben Affleck hooking up. He seems like an intense dude, which makes sense. I mean, he was the greatest baseball player on earth, like probably an intense guy. I think she is attracted to Ben Affleck's lackadaisicalness. He's just chill. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I could gain 40 pounds, drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee, uh, have Dunkin' Donuts. And it doesn't really matter to me. I'm going to be with uh, J-Lo and rekindle this, what, 18-year-old romance? I'm on board. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm, I, I, like, like I said, I get it. You're calling it off already, though. You're like, I don't see this long term. It's going to end. Okay, well, I hadn't thought much about it. Okay, so first off, let me, like, grow along with the podcast as we discuss. And let me, like, have changing opinions. (laughs) But... I understand now more that we've talked about it, why they could potentially work long-term. What were your impressions of Benefer 1.0? Let's take a little trip down nostalgia lane. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you here. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that I had any crazy opinion about them. Like thinking back on my like early aughts when they were like together like, I obviously knew that they were a couple, and it was, like, obviously, like, the Hollywood couple. But I didn't really... I didn't, like, know who Ben Affleck was. Like, I was, like, watching Goodwill Hunting as, like, a nine-year-old. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I liked Jennifer Lopez, like, enough. But I wasn't... Like, I wasn't, like, buying her albums like I was all the other pop girls, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't like have You were a Britney bitch. You weren't a J Lo. I was a Britney bitch. I was like Backstreet Boys, like Mm -hmm. NSYNC, like, you know, repressed sexuality. Like, I liked watching the boy bands. Mm -hmm. Like, all the other boys were like, Jennifer Lopez's butt. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? But like, her vocals. (laughs) No one says that. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. So I don't know. I just don't think I had like a strong opinion on them. Um, 1.0 version mm-hmm. other than just knowing that they were both like really famous. I have to make an embarrassing admission. I, I followed all this stuff back then, but I was young. So I, I wasn't aware of the full breadth of the pop culture zeitgeist. And when Geely came out, Oh God, I wanted to see it so badly. And I used to go to the movies with my cousins all the time. And of course, people don't know this, but they're older than me. They're uh, 6 to 11, 13 years actually, older, older than me. And we used to go to the movies all the time. And I was begging my cousins, let's go see Geely. Let's go see Geely. And of course, they're more aware at the time, probably yeah. reading like newspaper uh, movie reviews about it. Um, with the little internet we had, they were going going on the internet reading about it. And they're like, nope, we're not going to go see this. We're not going to go see this. And I was like, no, let's go see Geely, please. I want to go see Benifer. Um, We didn't go see it. And I've never seen it since, which, you know, I have to thank my cousins for because <laughs> they saved me from wasting two hours of my life. Apparently, it's like one of the worst movies ever. I've heard it's one of the worst. I've, I, 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 too, have not seen it. Um because I just, like, wasn't aware of it at the time. And then, like, obviously, as I got older, I heard about how bad it was. And then it's just, like, I'm not going to go see that. I was very aware, Rye, because the hype train leading up to Geely coming out was incredible. Yeah, see, I I wasn't, like, aware of that type of stuff as a child. Because, like, my parents could give two shits. So I just never really, like, followed it. I was more so, like... I knew about, like, music more, I feel. So, like, I would have known, like, J-Lo's, like, albums and, like, music videos and stuff, but I wasn't like, what movie is she in? And Jenny from the block, obviously. 
iconic. Obviously iconically J- Jenny from a block. I also feel like her reattachment to kind of deadbeat Ben is her reminding us that like she's still she's still Jenny from the block. Mm. Like she still date kind of like the not flashy, like rich guy. Not to say that like Ben Affleck isn't rich and flashy, but like, you know what I mean? This is kind of her like back to her roots. Or maybe even a reminder that my butt still looks just as good as it did in that music video when I was on that boat with Ben Affleck. Right, 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 right. I mean... It's like an excuse for us to bring up the side-by-sides, and it's like, damn, okay. Yeah, (laughs) you you did that. 18 years later. I mean, she looks better now than she did then, in my opinion. And at worst, you could say the same. At worst, the same. But at best better right like you couldn't say worse you you actually could not say worse literally could not say worse i mean the woman's amazing she's her halftime show i mean that was two years ago she looked amazing incredible so we're in on benefit 2.0 yeah we'll give it a shot okay we're giving it a shot um do you have any thoughts on the rumors according to multiple sources that spoke to both In Touch and OK Magazine. Uh, the rumors that Ben Affleck was reaching out to JLo while her relationship with A Rod was on the rocks. What do you think of that? Is that a no no? Is that crossing the line? Because you remember how they were rumored to have broken up in early yes. March, but then they came out and said, no, we're working on things. Like things aren't perfect, but we're not broken up. Apparently, he may have texted her at that time just to check on her as a friend, but he knew what he was doing. I have no opinion on that other than who are we to judge? This podcast, (laughs) we don't judge. We don't talk about things. (laughs) I've never judged a person in my life, so why start now? And I do believe he probably texted her during that time. And look, it paid off. I can't blame the guy. They're back together. He probably said, you know what? I know what you really need. And it's someone who hasn't left the couch in three days. <laughs> I have a You don't want down. an owner of an NBA team. <laughs> you, you want someone who could barely own watching an NBA team for two and a half hours straight without passing out. You want like a watered down Duncan's cold brew at 4 p.m. and like Domino's delivery straight to the door, babe. And she's like, you know what? Kinda. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> because A-Rod's too focused on his fitness to ever eat any of that, to ever allow it in the house. Yeah. So... We've really turned on A-Rod in this podcast, and it's all because he's, like, really ambitious and healthy. and He's, like, hardworking, healthy, and, like, <laughs> successful. And I'm like, fuck that guy. He's the villain. <laughs> it's not relatable. The, the whole Ben Affleck thing's relatable to me. Like, there's that picture of him just, like, kind of, like, half-smiling as she's leaving the door, and I'm like... Yeah, if I just, like, fucked a hot person and they left my door, I'd probably be smiling, too. But, unfortunately, that will never happen to me. Have you seen... <laughs> right, it will. It will, I believe. It's gonna happen. Thank you. One day. One yeah. day. Um, right, what do you think about the smirking Ben meme? And describe it for the listeners. I mean, what is there to describe? It's the picture of him... In the car. ...smirking um, as she's leaving the door. You gotta relate. You gotta relate. I love um, how memeable Ben is. Yeah, he do he do be memeing, and I don't know. Once again, I like am weirdly attracted to him in his like kind of deadbeat deadbeat phase, and like something about him just being like, <laughs> like I imagine like she walked away and he was just like, <laughs> do you think you're gonna go after a Ben Affleck type now? You know what. I think I am the Ben Affleck. Like, I'm kind of trash. Like, I'm kind of sitting on the couch eating Dunkin' Donuts. So you need your J-Lo is what you're saying. I need to find my J-Lo is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Preferably not the female version of her. But at this point, you know what? I'm open to anything. That's breaking news. <laughs> I'm coming out as open to anything. <laughs> um, I have one more thought before we move on, Rye. Okay. I feel like something like this could only happen in celebrity land. Like right. a couple that was together two decades ago. 
for not even two years, got engaged. Engagement is broken off in a very public... Well, obviously, that would only happen to a celebrity. But you know what I mean. It was not... It was not not amicable, but because of all the shit surrounding them, all the talk about them, they were just so high yeah. profile, just put so much pressure that they really crumbled under the pressure. It's actually it's actually one of the times that you could really point to and say, oh, yeah, the media and the fans crushed a relationship. Right. But, yeah, I just feel like this doesn't happen in, as you would put it, normie life. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Is is that off? I don't I just feel like people don't get back with their exes from two decades ago. Especially ones that they didn't have kids with or weren't married yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the stories of like the like the forty forty something year old divorcee who ran into their high school fling at the local bar one night and right. he'd got divorced too and they they just hit it off like old times but it's just a one time thing and then next thing you know all right i need to stop doing that voice but you know what i mean like it happens i just don't think it's as glamorous as maybe what's happening here where they're like like she's leaving like a high profile like celebrity to go to like another high profile celebrity like i don't know i don't want to say it's like <laughs> I don't want to say it's, like, more sad when it happens to normies, but, like, <laughs> like this is kind of, like, a fun, exciting thing. And I feel like when two, like, middle-aged divorces living in, like, the suburbs, like, stumble into each other at the local supermarket, like, that's not as, like, fun. Right. It's a little bit more like, well, we really both didn't go anywhere. <laughs> okay, now I'm being mean. That probably is, like, a very happy situation for a lot of people. And it'll probably happen to me, let's be honest. <laughs> if anyone listening has reunited with their high school sweetheart, we yeah. love it for you. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> Just maybe be blessed that you're not getting photographed after every time you hang out. <laughs> and, and every time you have the walk of shame. Yeah. Hung over <laughs> with your Dunkin' Donuts. Um, uh, but yeah, once you mentioned it, I do feel like I've heard that story a lot. It's the high school sweethearts reuniting 20-something years later. I, I have heard that version of the story. But... Never a couple from their late 20s. But that yeah. that bond, I think, the high, high school sweetheart bond, it appears to be special because, yeah, you're right. I've heard that story before. They run into each other at a bar in their mid to late 40s. They've both had kids and gone divorced since they were high school sweethearts, and then they rekindle their high school sweetheartness. I also believe that, like, when you meet people at a younger age, you connect on a more, like deeper level because you haven't experienced the world yet like you're you're really connecting on like a oh we just like get each other at a very like core level of like our souls or whatever so that's why i think that like people who maybe run into like their high school sweethearts or even like best friends from high school that maybe they like fell out of touch with can really reignite later in life because i don't know when you're younger it's like you just like people for people. And now that we're old and jaded, people have to be so much more for you to just leave and freaking like them. PSA, but, stop being cynical, people. PSA, this is a dating advice podcast now. <laughs> dating advice and hygiene. Also, like, didn't answer your question in the slightest, but that's my, that's what the question made me think of. No, I appreciate it. Um, should we move on to our next story? This next one is salacious in a way. Yeah, this one's a little bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, kind of. Um, without, like, really just, like, simplifying it, Ellie Kemper of Kimmy Schmidt is part of the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> this is satire, uh, people. Don't sue us. <laughs> okay, no. So, basically, this weird thing happened. Okay, so she's not part of the KKK. Everyone calm down. Ellie Kemper... Get your lawyers off. Um, uh, I did famously meet her once at a Soul Cycle class, so I'm allowed to say whatever I want about her. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the Soul Cycle rules. Um, You're connected so, in a different way, kind of like high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm, yeah, like she'll she'll remember me. <laughs> um, so over the last weekend, there was a newspaper report that Ellie Kemper in the year 1989 was named the queen of love and beauty 
at this secret, like, society, whatever, called the Veiled Prophet Ball. Um, and the person who tweeted it said that the Veiled Prophet Ball was affiliated with the local KKK chapter. So then everyone's like, why was Ellie Kemper, like, named the princess of the KKK? <laughs> and, like, the, like, thing that she was, they, like, kind of wore, wore weird white robes that, like, kind of looked KKK-y. And then now everyone's like, basically, Kimmy Schmidt is the KKK. So I think hashtag KKK princess started trending. Yeah, KKK princess was trending. Um, Basically, this was like extrapolation from like a very old local newspaper article, Um, which we love. Like, honestly, like the least amount of evidence, the better, in my opinion. Love when that happens. Basically, the genesis of many of our historical (laughs) celebrity scandal episodes. I mean, we just talked about Benefer for 45 minutes and we didn't say one single quote or fact. <laughs> I had like 90 of them too. And I was like too overwhelmed There's to read one of them. Three so pages like, eh. of notes. I'm like, no, let's just talk. Um, but anyway, so I don't really like, obviously she denied it. <laughs> but um, no, she just came out and said, yeah, I'm a part of the KKK. <laughs> She's like, well, you're right. But um. <laughs> I don't really like I don't really I don't really know what came of it like it it was definitely trending on Twitter I think she was trending KK Princess was trending um Vanity Fair did a deep breakdown on this whole saga which I included in our outline if you want to go through it or I can go through it it's up to you oh I can go through it I was just like I don't know like it's a lot of information actually I would recommend everyone go to Vanity Fair and (laughs) look up what exactly is going on with Ellie Kemper. That's the title of the article. It's called What is Going On with Ellie Kemper? Yeah, what exactly is going on with (laughs) Ellie Kemper? We love that because, like, truly no one knows. (laughs) I think everyone was like, why is she trending and why is the KKK trending along with her? (laughs) Um, But I would recommend everyone read the whole thing. Um, But we'll, we'll skim through the highlights. I hope. Or we can just leave it at that. You know what? She's take it away. She's affiliated. (laughs) Take it away. Because for me, she is the leader of the KKK. (laughs) (laughs) No. So anyway, there is this veiled prophet organization that you referenced. And they apparently actually have no known affiliation with the KKK. But as Vanity Fair outlined, they do have a deeply problematic history. You love to see it, right, Ray? Love. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read a little bit from the article. Quote, The Veiled Prophet was co-founded by former Confederate officer Alonzo Slayback and his brother Charles Slayback. Per St. Louis's Cultural Resources Office, it was created by the town's white male community leaders, which, as Beauchamp pointed out in the Atlantic came a year after the Great Railroad Strike of 1877 when black Ah. and white railroad workers joined forces across the country in protest of poor pay and poor working conditions. The strike reached St. Louis where almost 1,500 railroad workers banded together to halt rail freight for a week with their demands including an eight-hour workday and a ban on child labor. So let me just quickly insert myself here. That's how these things were won. We didn't just get granted an eight-hour workday and no child labor by the benevolent corporate gods. People fought hard for those working conditions and for labor rights. So anyway, the article goes on, quote, The strike eventually ended when 5,000 recently deputized, quote-unquote, special police joined with 3,000 federal troops enforcing the strikers to disperse, killing 18 of the strikers in the process. The initial goal of the Veiled Profit Organization, Beauchamp writes, was to, quote, take back the public stage from populist demands for social and economic justice, end quote, It did just that in its inaugural event. 
the Veiled Prophet Parade of 1878, a 17-float display celebrating St. Louis's wealthy elite, end quote. So they may not have ties to the KKK, but this organization is deeply classist, yeah. certainly racist, because mm-hmm. most of these, quote, white male community leaders, end quote, um, who believe in economic supremacy also believe in white supremacy. And yeah, that means the Veiled Prophet organization, certainly not a good one, not one to be celebrated. But no, it doesn't mean that Ali Gumper is the leader of the KKK. So that was debunked. But yeah, this organization is fucked up. For sure. But here's the thing. <laughs> We're going to no. buy here's the thing. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying here's the thing in terms of like oh, okay. her in her involvement in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was a teen. And like I was Yeah, she point- was 19. No, I agree. I agree. But there is a class analysis to be had here. But like I'm not saying like I just think you join things like like what I was gonna say is like I was in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and shit and like I think that shit's fucked up and True. I like just did it because I was like what everyone else did and like my parents like put me in it and like I ended up quitting after a year and a half because I was like this is stupid and I don't want to go on camping trips anymore but like I didn't know what the I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes you know and like. Oh, yeah. I, just, I, I don't think Ellie Kemper deserves to have her feet put at the fire for this. I mean, right. she, like you said, she's 19 years old. She didn't have influence over this massive institution that had been around for, what, 130 years? Right. But the organization itself, and I think what is more interesting is just a broader analysis of Hollywood and how, believe it or not, a lot of of our faves come from extremely wealthy backgrounds from families that are likely problematic like the Kemper family and Mm -hmm. the article goes into the Kemper family history probably not great people for generations after generations again Ellie is not to blame Um, but the only reason why I bring it up is I think a lot of people presume that our favorite Hollywood actors and actresses came from nothing. They just flew out to Hollywood seeking the American dream. They worked as a server. You know, the classic story, right? And then an agent happened to be dining at their restaurant, discovered them, and then they rose to the top, right? Mm -hmm. No, actually, most of our Hollywood faves are deeply connected. Extraordinarily wealthy, generationally wealthy, And they didn't get the job because they worked their ass off and flew across country to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. It's because they were like the producer's niece or like the producer's cousin's best friend's son. There's also like the thing of some people do pack up their bags with just a backpack and the and a heart of gold, but then they have to work like four fucking part-time jobs to pay their rent and like support their lifestyle. There are so many famous people who got to move to L like maybe did pack up and move to LA with like no connections, but their mom and dad fucking like paid their rent and paid all their bills for three years while they just auditioned and they didn't have to like work or like put time and effort into it. They just like had all the time in the world to go take classes and, take classes that their parents paid for and go to an audition in the car that their parents paid for. It's like a lot of people had wealth on their side to get where they are now, which, hey, if I had it, I'd probably take it too. And, and listen, right, there are those breakthrough outliers, the ones who had nothing, who have nothing. They work their ass off and they make it. No doubt. I'm not disputing that. But there is a higher degree of likelihood that someone makes it when they have all of those advantages. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're Brian Williams' daughter, then, yeah, you're going to end up starring on that HBO show. Yeah. There's this tweet (laughs) that I saw a few months ago that I love that's like, if I think, or if I, uh, if you're an upcoming actor and I go to your Wikipedia page and your parents have a Wikipedia page, I no longer think you're talented. And I'm like, Tarot! 
Exactly. Meeting someone and I'm like, oh my god, I loved that like guy like in the new indie film and like blah blah blah. And then their dad's fucking like Prince Harry, no, but like someone, <laughs> someone like famous and rich. And I'm like, uh, right. And it's just true. Be. There is a caste system in America. There's a strong correlation between the class you're born into and the class you end up in. You know, uh, the, the United States isn't even top 25 in social mobility. Did you know that? Why would I have known that? <laughs> I don't know. You may know, you know things, right? You, you know some things. I know little to nothing. Like, But you know, America is known for the American dream. What is the American dream? Social mobility, right? Moving on up, right? Getting that white picket fence, the big two-story house. But the United States isn't even in the top 25. The United States is far behind a lot of countries all over the place. Western Europe, Eastern so, like, Europe, Asia. Wa- That's like literally like leave it to beaver shit. Like we're over that. But even if you don't get the white picket fence, you know what I mean? People just aren't, they aren't increasing their wealth. Um, But I think that's what this story really was about at the end of the day. It started as the KKK princess, but what it ended up displaying was that Ellie Kemper, through no fault of her own, this is just what she was born into, um, is a child of extreme generational wealth. And that's how she ended up at this veiled profit ball, which is this debutante ball that is only thrown for the ultra wealthy in St. Louis. It was born out of the ultra wealthy crushing workers, murdering them to make sure that workers could work more than eight hours a day and that some workers could be children. Like that is the origins of the event. That's what the event was for a very long time. It was a segregated event for a very long time. I read somewhere that they didn't allow black members until 1979 it's a problematic organization. Uh, her family, you know, has a long history in Missouri, super wealthy. You know, her uh, great-grandfather was a banking and railroad magnate. Apparently, like, their uh, name was, like, the name of this concert venue, the Kemper Arena. So they're a big deal out in St. Louis, the Kempers. I did really like her um, statement, I guess. It was an an Instagram statement. It's long, so I don't want to read the whole thing. But, um, you know, as she actually goes against what I said of being like, she was 19. Um, She said, you know, I was uh, 19 at the time, blah, blah, blah. I was not aware of this history at the time, but ignorance is no excuse. I was old enough to have educated myself before getting involved, which I appreciate that. Um... She said, there's a very natural temptation when you become the subject of internet criticism to tell yourself that your detractors are getting it all wrong. But at some point last week, I realized that a lot of the forces behind the criticism are forces that I've spent my life supporting and agreeing with. Um, She strongly denounced white supremacy, but at the same time acknowledged that because of my race and my privilege, I am the beneficiary of a system that has dispensed unequal justice and unequal rewards. She apologized. She owned up to it. She's like, I'm going to continue to try to learn and educate myself and, you know, be part of things that don't have shitty past. (laughs) Um, So I'm, you know, I'm anti-cancel people for what happened 20 years ago, but I also like when people can be like, yeah, that was shitty. And I am glad that I can at least defend yourself, but also be like, that sucks that I was part of that and it's bad. Yeah. Ellie Kemper says that she unequivocally denounces white supremacy. And on this podcast, we unequivocally reject white supremacy and we unequivocally will not be canceling Ellie Kemper. That's for sure. But we do, we do cancel all this bullshit with this secret organization and their uh, crushing of workers. You know what? And I'm just going to go one step further and I'm going to cancel any like, organization that has children like chant things or like learn like a a message you have to say at the beginning of every meeting and like wear a uniform like i'm denouncing that you're anti-cultish rituals i'm more like yeah i'm anti that and more pro like 
just if kids want to hang out, give them a space to hang out and like have activities for them. And like, don't make it be like this whole like organization. Like if you really want to teach kids how to be like proper and like whatever, then like, cool. Be like, yo, we're going to have a dinner party and this is how you do a dinner party. Or like, if you want kids to like learn how to go camping and hiking and like enjoy that outdoors, be like, Hey, Hey, bunch of random kids want to come on a hike. Cool. Like, don't make it fucking weird. Don't make them wear uniforms. Don't teach them, like, chants. And, like, I famously was a part of many organizations in my life. So I, too, am learning and growing, just like Ellie Kemper. They should also be inclusive. And yes. not exclusive based on race or class. And they shouldn't have freaky Gender, titles. Well. Gender, wealth. Shouldn't have freaky titles like the Queen of Love and Beauty. Yeah, there shouldn't be, like, winners. Also, I bet that the people who named her the Queen of Love and Beauty were a cohort of very old white men. Probably, like, seven old white dudes saying, yeah, and they you were... are the Queen of Love and Beauty. It's so creepy. I literally hate it here. I need to move on. I need to move on. <laughs> Final story. Final story of the episode. Um, this is one... Right up your alley, Rye, because you are famous, or should I say infamous, uh, for your uh, criticisms. Not always criticisms. I'd say analysis of uh, celebrity baby names. And we have a new one that was just uh, announced. So uh, do you want to get into this, Rye? Prince Harry and Meghan Markle welcome their baby girl name Lilibet. Is it Lilibet or Lilibag? <laughs> I don't know how to fucking say it. <laughs> I was I like, expecting... I like Lilibet. The silent T. No, it's a little bit. Because okay, little... It's, uh, it's based on Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, it's should be more clear. But... <laughs> no, right, Lil... I can always tell when you don't read the outlines. <laughs> no, I read the outline, but I was expecting you to kind of say the name first so I didn't have to pronounce it first. <laughs> Um, okay, so Lilibet Diana, and I'd seen, okay, don't act like I'm not on Twitter 24-7. Like, I've seen the name, okay? I just haven't heard it spoken out loud yet. No, well, I thought you would have known how to pronounce it because it's based on Queen Elizabeth's nickname because she couldn't say her own name and she would call herself Lilibet. Okay, well, I don't see, like, a phonetic spelling in this outline regardless, so it's, once again, not my fault. But couldn't you imagine a baby Queen Elizabeth not being able to pronounce her own name, having a lisp, and saying her name's Lilibet? Yeah, That's how she, she also, would say it. She wouldn't say Lilibet. Well, she also could have been, like, Lilibet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'll give it to long you. Long story long, they had their baby. And that's its name. I personally actually really like the name even though i just had an aneurysm trying to learn how to pronounce it but um i think it's really pretty um it's different without being in your face different you know like mm -hmm. I, I love think, it i actually think it's going to catch on i think it's going to be a very I popular cool. baby name yeah because it's it has a it has a sprinkle of class and like kind of it has the air of, like, the royalty air, even though they're famously not in the royal family anymore. But, like, they, it has that kind of, like, air of class and royalty, but it's relatable. It's not, like, something that's stupid. And it's not, like, in-your-face, like, pilot inspector or, like, <laughs> apple. It's, like, okay, you're just, like, choosing words. Like, at least this sounds like a name. Right, right. And no, I love it. I actually think it's really good. And it has the natural nickname of Lily. Yeah, or Bat. You, you could go Bat. Hey, or Bat. she could go Diana. Like obviously uh, naming, you know, her after uh, his mother. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good homage. Um, I think it it's perfect for them as well because, like, it's not the classic, like, royal family name. Like it has, I don't know. I just think it's got. I think it's it's a it's a pretty name. the The child's gonna be beautiful, obviously, and I'm all for it. I'm gonna go with Bet. I'm gonna nickname it Bet. It. <laughs> I'm gonna nickname her Bet, and that's gonna catch on. Actually, the Bet. 
Um, I'm glad you like the name because I was going to be worried if you were going to uh, shit on it like you have many celebrity uh, baby uh, names. Uh, especially like, you know, I stand them now after everything that happened this year. So it would have taken something really bad for me to not support this name. But I didn't even have to think twice about it when I saw it on Twitter. I was like, yeah, I like that. But you stand Sheena and you hated Sheena's baby's name. And... If I remember correctly, uh, there was a swarm of Sheena stands that went after you over that, which was hilarious and partially but my I, fault. I stand Sheena in a different way. Like, Sheena's, like, awful, and that's why I love her. Like, Megan and Harry are, like, iconic, like, tear down the hierarchy, like, whatever. I'm, like, living for them for, like, real reasons. Like, you can't put... You can't fucking sh- compare Meghan Markle and Sheena Shea right now and, like, my two standums of the two women. Like, let's They're not, not equal, right? Let's first off not pit women against each other, our men. <laughs> and secondly, like, they're on two different levels of standum. Like, let's not get it twisted here. Uh, did you see any of the faux outrage over the name by, like, those, you know, royal obsessives? Um... I don't engage in um, negative content. I try to kind of like keep my feed on the positive side for mental health reasons. So no, I did not see that. I was just curious. Um, what were people to saying? To see what you would think about it. People were like, not people, but the people who hate Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and are really obsessed with the Royals and think that right. they betrayed the Royals and whatever. So obviously they're biased that group of people were saying that it was disrespectful to Queen Elizabeth. Oh, for the love of God. But from what we know, they told Queen Elizabeth beforehand and they spoke to her right after Lilibet was born and like Queen Elizabeth is psyched. She just can't wait to meet the baby. So it's just a bunch of nonsense. Um, yeah. But Basically, anything Meghan Markle does now is going to be criticized by the group of people that hates her o- over the whole royal breakup. Right. I was just curious to see uh, what you thought about it. I love it. Go, girl. <laughs> Did they um post it? They, there's no pictures yet, I'm assuming. I didn't see any, but there okay. could be. Okay. I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all in. I... I mean, I don't love many celebrity babies, lest alone their names. So this is a big moment. Big moment. No, it's a good name. And I think Elizabeth Diana, it just would have been too blasé, too obvious, too on the nose. This is a great twist while still paying homage to Queen Elizabeth. It's good stuff. It's smart. Um, That's a good point. It is really smart because Elizabeth Diana, boring. Like, also, I'm sorry, like, no one is named Elizabeth anymore, like, grow up. So I think it's a perfect homage. I love it. I love it. I think people who are named Elizabeth just go by Liz. Liz, my aunt's name is, she goes by Betsy. She's Elizabeth, but she goes by Betsy. But that's like, she's in her 50s, I assume. Is that Um, your aunt that I partied with at the wedding? No. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Okay. Very different side of my family. Okay. Very different ways of partying. Let's also go by that. Uh, but, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure um, you do but, because there's yeah. probably only one aunt like that. Well, shout out, shout out to awesome. that aunt. I forget your name, but you were awesome. <laughs> My mom's side of the family has many an aunt like that. My mom included. <laughs> um, but no, different name. But yeah, Elizabeth Boring. I'm over it. Sorry if you're named Elizabeth and you're listening to this, but you're also probably not a newborn baby. I'm saying like people born in these eras with Elizabeth, boring. Twenty twenty one Elizabeth out. Yeah. It's all about Lilibet. Yeah, yeah, Lilibet. It's gonna catch on? I think so. I really do. Watch out. Twenty twenty two, I think it's going to be one of the top ten baby names for girls. I'm calling it right here, right now. Send me a check for a thousand dollars if I'm right. I don't know who's gonna do Vote it. Vote on it. You do it. Vote on it in Vegas. <laughs> vote, yeah. I'm going to go to Vegas and vote on it. <laughs> I meant bet on it, which is the nickname for Elizabeth. <laughs> A little bit. All right. I am having multiple aneurysms trying to say this name. Going to get used to it, though. <laughs> we did it right. Um, 
Yeah, great episode. I can't wait to shower. I can't wait to have some Dunkin' Donuts. I can't wait to brush my teeth famously. I'm going full Affleck. I I think going full (laughs) Affleck is the move. I mean, it's a proven success story, so. Yeah, maybe I just will stop showering. I can't stop brushing my teeth. I'm sorry. I really can't. We're not getting back into this. It's been an, it's, we can't do that, that much of a full circle, but um, yeah, well, this was great. And like Armin teased earlier, there's a 85% chance that we will record um, a really fun historical scandal that I famously do not know about. Right. Because that's how it works. He brings a scandal. I don't know about it. I react openly and honestly. Kind of similar to how this worked today, because I clearly didn't know much about any of this stuff, but that wasn't the plan. Um, But yeah, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Please subscribe and leave comments and ratings if you liked it. Even if you didn't like it, honestly, some of our best ratings are the ones that hate us. So bring it on, and we appreciate you listening regardless. Yeah, and right, I'll uh, I'll talk to you next Tuesday night, hopefully. 85% chance. See you next Tuesday!